Welcome back to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast Extra with myself, Jess. And today I'm chatting with Tim and Luke. Welcome to the stream, Luke. Luke hasn't been here before, Hello. but he yes, is thank a- thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Luke is a content marketing pro. So we're going to be grilling him a little bit about how you can create a really powerful content marketing strategy in 2024, especially with all the changes that are coming along with things mostly search generative experience and AI being super, super popular. So we're gonna kick straight off by talking about the current landscape of content marketing and whether there's whether we need to change everything or if there's some things that will always stay the same. Luke, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yes, well, thank you for the introduction. I like the sound of grilling, although we're, we're past barbecue season, but um, it's something to look forward to for, for next summer. Um, but no, yeah, you're, 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 you're totally right. As you alluded to in your question, there are some fundamentals of content marketing that aren't going to change even in the wild world of 2024. And those are just the key ingredients, really, which is making sure that you understand what content your uh, users or your target audience needs to find and what's valuable to them and how you can create in the most useful way so that you're really providing something useful for the user at the end of the day, um, something that they can engage with, something that will keep them coming back to your website. Um, so that aspect of content marketing won't change. And I don't, I don't think it ever will, to be honest. Um, however, having said that, some of the things around how we position that content in the way to get the attention of Google or whoever's running the internet um, will definitely change. And those are the things that as content marketers, we need to keep our ear to the ground on and be alert to. Definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah, you always have to be thinking about your potential customers and clients first. I think that's always just a common theme. And whenever I'm giving any advice about SGE at the moment, I'm always saying, you know, even if for some reason Google cans this whole thing, all this stuff is going to help you in the long run. Tim, what kind of stuff have you seen that you would say is maybe different in the content space since you've been researching SGE? If you have any examples, and maybe you're just going to say the same as Luke and say, actually, everything is pretty much the same. Um, yeah, I, th I think there's a lot. And, and I think AI is going to impact content marketing over the next year, perhaps even more than just SGE. You know, if you're a... Uh... If, if you think about who we're producing content for, they can now go to ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT pretty much any question and get a convincing answer. So I think the, the threshold for useful content is going to increase um, because we have to provide something that's significantly better than what people can get just from a, a generic AI chatbot. I know that Google has been really big over 2023 emphasizing experience and how important it is to share any personal experience you have when you're producing information and I, th I think that's really going to continue that's also going to be one of the key uh, differentiators that, that we have in our toolbox if we want to provide something that's significantly more useful than what's going to come from chat gpt so i think we'll see more content marketers emphasizing experience sharing specifics sharing you know personal stories because we'll get this sort of commoditization of generic advice uh, which the ai tools are going to be pumping out so i think it's a really exciting time for content marketing big big change but potentially a, a sort of a, a higher bar to success oh definitely yeah, Luke, what would you say has kind of been your experience with, I know this isn't quite what Tim was just talking about, but with AI content itself, because obviously you do a lot of content, you work with a bunch of content marketers. 
how are you finding the quality of AI content and what should people, how should people be using AI really to create their content? All right. Oh. <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. Uh, I, I, I took her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, questioned the robot overlords, I think. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I got booted out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how I pressed, I pressed uh, my mouse nice. by accident and That's somehow good. You kicked were... myself out. AI was not impressed. Anyway, no, Luke, no, please it was go not. ahead. No. Um, yeah, well, I won't say anything you know, too damaging about AI at risk of being taken out of the conversation. Um, but no, no, you, you, um, I think AI is absolutely fascinating. It's, I think the latest statistics I saw people in kind of knowledge work, so marketing is included, but other related fields, 70% uh, of them are using generative AI tools. Uh, so chat GPT being the big one as part of their day-to-day -day work. And it's fair to say that it's changed the world incredibly quickly, like already. And it's, we might be slightly over those first, you know, exciting couple of months where everybody, you know, was Googling, is the world going to end because of AI technology? Um, but it's almost more impressive that we are still using it, even though we're past the initial excitement honeymoon phase. Um, I think. Though, having said that, there are, there are a lot of pitfalls to using ChatGPT. Um, I know, I know people, are, people are snobby about this, but I, I do believe that prompting it in the right way is absolutely crucial. And I also think that having underlying expertise is, is core as well, because if you don't know what good looks like, because you're not a master in whatever you're working in, then you're unable to assess the value of something produced by ChatGPT. You're unable to tell, oh, ChatGPT has given me something uh, generic here, so it's not actually useful. Um, whereas if, if, you, if you understand that and you can refine the answers, you, can, you, you don't necessarily have to use it to create a piece of content for you, but you can use it to do surrounding work to help you with your analysis, help you with content ideation. I think that's where a lot of the value comes in. Um, but no, very exciting tool. I know that we have a lot of people in our team who use it carefully and ethically, um, but are excited always about um, the, the results that it produces. And, you know, it's just, it's it's only going to get better, which is the exciting slash scary thing about AI. Luke, um, just a follow-up question on that. How soon do you think, do you think 2024 will be the year where AI produced content is publishable in its own right? Or do you think that we're further away than that given the progress that we've seen in 2023 that's a really interesting question because it kind of like uh, leads to a follow-up question which is like you know if, if ai if ai content is publishable as is would you even publish it because people would be going to ai to get the answer right so the answer kind of tim is ai content will never be publishable as is because you're competing against ai um having said that i do think that the you know for things like um i don't know like just company management and internal processes you can get some like pretty close to spot on suggestions from ai without much revision which is really exciting and i think that 2024 will definitely be seeing that but in terms of creating content that appeals to an audience yeah because of the fact you're competing against chat gpt it's it seems like it, it might not work that way. That's just my hunch. We should preface all of this by saying, 
you know, the future is very hard to predict, isn't it? And it, it, it has a it has a habit of surprising us. Yeah, we didn't predict the AI no. sort of explosion that we had. No. So yeah, it's definitely been definitely been a journey. And we've had a couple of, of questions on the live stream, which by the way, if you're listening to this podcast afterwards, you can watch the live stream every Tuesday at 12 o'clock. I forgot whether it was 12 or, or 1 then. Um, we've had a really great question of if AI rips off quality websites because of course it's going to be being trained on hopefully the highest quality although that said i think it's being trained on everything really it's quite hard for the developers to put that much information into it and choose which is good and which is bad but how long will it be worth like having a website (laughs) is is the question really i mean i know i have a bit of an answer for this but tim and luke i'd love to know your opinion it's gonna go Tim, go yeah, for I, it. I don't mind going. Um, I call me naive, but I think it's always going to be worth maintaining a website. I think even today, with as amazing as as ChatGPT and and all of the various tools are, if you actually try reading a lot of AI generated content, it's very difficult to do. It's just so boring. Um, and I think unless there is significant progress in that area, like you say, Jess, unless the AI has been trained on, you know, your industry, your specific sets of experiences, your specialisms, it's not going to truly reflect your your business and, and what makes you stand out. So I think the question is not, not necessarily how long is it going to be worth maintaining it, but someone else has asked, how do you, how do you make sure that your content stands out how do you make sure that you are better than just what chat gpt produces and and i do think it is that experience um that the the ai won't be able to uh to sort of bring into its content at least in the short term yeah i would i would just add a couple of things to that which is um first of all chat gpt still has the problem of hallucinations and even even if AI gets better and the rate of hallucinations goes down, you know, there will be searches for which people want to get an answer and they want to be 100% sure that the answer is definitely correct. So if you're running a website and maybe, especially if you're in like your money or your life uh, industry, so if you're running something adjacent to healthcare or financing, like people aren't necessarily going to trust ChatGPT with the uh, to answer those questions like if i take out this kind of loan what will happen to me you need to provide that information for your consumers like absolutely and you need to back it up with uh, eeat you know that's how that's how google wants us to know um how google wants us to indicate which websites are trustworthy so that's really important i think also the there's something to be said for Remember a few years ago, like a lot of a lot of businesses were saying, why even bother having a website? We can just have everything on Facebook and we'll have a Facebook shop and we'll have this, that. And, you know, nobody will ever have a website ever again. And like there is there is an appeal to that because it's it's, you know, you can kind of offload some of the work. But at the end of the day, the problem is then it is owned by a third party. So your entire business is space is owned by Facebook. Facebook might make a change. Um, and then suddenly, you know, something that you relied on heavily as a source of income for you, you know, due to a small change by, uh, Facebook. So no longer is an option. So the same thing with chat GPT, you can't, you can't like off source your responsibility to interact with your clients to an AI bot yet, and probably never will be able to do that fully. Although you certainly can use AI to, to help. 
Yeah, I just want to quickly add on to the end of that as well. AI draws from websites. So if you don't have a website, it's not going to have anything to draw from yeah. to potentially suggest you as an option. So if somebody, I always use air fryers as an example, I've got them on the brain. Um, but let's say somebody searches for like, what's the best air fryer for under a hundred quid, your website won't come up or you won't be included in the answer as a potential suggestion if you don't have a website because the AI won't be able to to read that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely always worth having a website. I think what Tim and Luke said is very, very important. We also had another question asking about um, what does ethic ethical use of AI mean? And it's really quick to answer this. Just not taking everything that the AI says, like totally literally, right? So you're not just copying and pasting things from the AI or typing things in like, I don't know, if you're using, let's say, an image generator, typing in a very specific style of a very specific artist who said, do not use my art for AI, and then just doing it anyway. It's just being very sort of self-aware and making sure you're using them gently. <laughs> I would say it's the right word. Maybe it's not the right word. But just being very aware and understanding that if you are stealing from someone, if you're typing in, can you write something nearly exactly the same as this competitor's article, you're going to probably get in trouble, you know? So yeah, just just being being careful. And it's also, um, it's also important to, you know, if you're in an agency perspective or you're working agency side or even client side to understand what the organization's AI policies are because some organizations just have a blanket ban on publishing anything AI generated because they're worried about what future lawsuits might happen. So if we're ever writing for a client and we're using AI, we make sure that we have a like an AI waiver signed that says, you know, any risk of future issues are, we're aware of them and we're deciding to do this anyway. Definitely, yeah. Before we get onto any more questions, I'm gonna move us onto our next topic, which is adapting to SGE and new mechanisms when it comes to content discovery, right? So really this is about how you can make changes to your content strategy to rank in SGE, but also what other places other than your website should you be putting content on? Luke, it'd be great if you could if you could start with this, whether you want to take the how to rank in SGE or if you want to take yeah, the- Yeah, before, before I go, I just want to check with Tim, how much of the secret sauce are we sharing in terms of SGE, uh, what go we've done so far? Um, yeah go for it oh no okay good all right so, <laughs> no, no secrets here so um yeah ranking in sge from the early experiments that we've done so far and we should say that they are experiments and they're early as well because um it's not even out yet could change uh, when it actually gets released but it seems to be the case that one of the things that we're seeing is Similar to what we saw when featured snippets were rolled out at the beginning is um, a closer matching of like a target keyword that's a question or and then giving a specific answer that's explained in clear English with simple sentences at the, the very top of your article and um, just making it really clear that you're not burying the lead uh, further down uh, the page. So just to give you a couple of examples if if you know at the minute in in google's like standard ranking uh, system which is different from the sge ranking system um 
if you ever try and Google a recipe, you'll notice that you have to scroll way down past, you know, like my grandma used to pick these mushrooms and that's how I first discovered this kind of soup. And like the actual how to, you know, how to make mushroom soup, say, say that's the search, you can put that right down at the bottom. And in, I actually think that in some ways you're rewarded for this because Google likes to see your users scrolling down the page. It thinks that you're, you know, reading, but actually you're just frustrated at trying to get to the point. Um, and yeah, so, so you end up with a lot of content that's, that's very wordy, that's over long, that includes lots of different very possible variations of the like target keyword search. Um, SGE seems to be kind of a more on the feature snippet, like ranking system, which is that the answer to the question is explained very clearly at the top of the post, um, using simple, simple, um, simple sentences and, uh, you know, it's. It sounds, it sounds easy and it's relatively easy to do. What I think the tricky part is, is understanding when you should be trying to go for an SGE search and which ones are going to be valuable for you in your business. And that, that's the thing that requires some thinking about. But um, to be honest, I think that this is not bad practice to include those kind of uh, opening paragraphs that answer the, the promise of the uh, target keyword or the, or the title of the page. Um, I think it's just a good thing to be doing in general for, for readers to, to avoid that scroll down frustration. Definitely. Tim, If is there a way to figure out whether you should be targeting SGE with your content or not? Have you have you found a way? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the key is to have a play with it, to experiment with it. It's only available in labs at the moment, but if you notice that the searches that you're targeting at the moment are bringing up an SGE result, then you absolutely need to you need to get familiar with it. Uh, we've noticed that there are different types of of ways of getting featured and recommended. I can actually just show you on the screen quickly. I'll talk through for anyone who's listening. But uh, for a search like this one, one second for a search like this one where oh that's crazy isn't it um for a search like this one which is best cybersecurity vendors for distributed networks so this is a very high value search would be very profitable to show um for this because this is clearly a sort of an educated customer but that could be about to buy one of the things that you might notice is that it's not actually vendors that are showing up um for, for this search it's these sort of these websites which list uh different companies so part of your content marketing strategy, if you are a vendor, is having a look at which of these sites SGE is drawing its answer from and making sure that you're being featured in those sites. Now, it's not like this for every search. Sometimes if you make a search, you'll actually see the, you know, the company showing up here. So I think it's, it's important to research, just as you would with regular organic results, what types of websites are showing up in SGE, and that will help you identify whether you need to be optimizing your own properties to target SG or whether you need to be working with, you know, these recommendation type sites to make sure that you're being featured prominently. Um, because this is a, it's essentially a, a new battleground that we're all competing on. This is a new type of search and there are new rules like Luke said, um, although, you know, it's much easier to rank a website if it's already ranking organically. So some of the rules are the same, but there are a new set of rules and a new set of, uh, I guess, competitions for us to play in. So I think the main thing I'd recommend is just have a play with it, have an experiment, see how it changes over time. 
it's still changing on a weekly basis. You know, a couple of weeks ago, these were all different colors. Now it's all like just white and it all just blends into the search results. Google is continuing to experiment and play and adapt and change. So as marketers, we need to be completely up to date with what SGE is doing now so that we can see the direction of travel, I think. Definitely. Yeah. And if you want to test this out for yourself, you can do so by heading to the Google Search Labs website. You do have to be in the USA or using a VPN um, that says you're in the USA. And um, then you can test it out for yourself. That's the best way to enable it. Um, Luke, if people are kind of a little bit worried about their traffic totally tanking, they're worried they can't mm. compete. What are some other places that they should be making sure they're putting their content out? Because blogging and Google aren't the only ways to get your your content out. What are some other places? Um, yeah, it's it. This is this is one of those things where um, operating in kind of Google's playground is is sometimes a scary place to be. You don't know what they're going to do next. You know, they uh, might you know say one thing and do another so it's understandable that every time that we have like a big change like this coming down uh coming along the horizon that people get nervous and people start to think about you know possibly it is like any how do you mitigate risk right you diversify your platforms in order to make sure that you've got if one of them you're seeing a loss um you can you can make sure that you've got those backup options for you um so there are other places you can be. I mean, the, there are other search engines that you can try to rank for, which um, also, you know, Bring is actually ahead in terms of leading its uh, AI um, changes. So that's not necessarily going to keep you out of AI's uh, firing lines. Um, but it's it's also a good thing to make sure that you're on different social media platforms um, that you're interacting with. Basically, at the end of the day, it's figuring out where your audience is because they're you know like like most of us your audience won't be in just one place um it will be they'll be spread across a couple of different places and as long as there is uh you know you can find out where your audience are hanging out online on the internet then mirror them and and be in those places too if it makes sense for your business this this year we've seen you know google's helpful content update and the various sort of iterations it seems like every time they release a new algorithm update, it rewards user-generated content sites, in particular Reddit, more and more. And you know the the the, the longer-term trend of people adding Reddit to the end of their search because they're craving an individual perspective, a, a user-generated perspective. I think it's interesting that we're seeing Google fork their their approach to search, where on the one hand we've got generative AI coming into the search results, a sort of generic answer. On the other hand we've got perspectives and Google wanting to show Reddit, YouTube videos, TikTok videos as the answer, recognizing that in some cases, that's just what people want. Like Luke said, if people are searching for the thing that you do on TikTok, that's because they want an individual perspective. They want to know what individual people who've made that choice are saying about that choice. So I think as marketers, we have to have an eye on both of these, recognizing that for many businesses, one is probably going to take preference over the other. But we need to be making sure that if people are searching for Reddit, that we have some sort of visibility on Reddit, whether it's our own owned uh, profiles that are posting or whether we've got customers or 
um, you know, people that we've worked with recommending us. I think that's going to be a, a new space for people to compete um, that maybe they're not used to including as part of their content marketing mix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think you're totally right. And I think that Google is doing this uh, deliberately because it is worried about the search engine results pages being full of AI generated content. And it's 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 got this in mind as a back, you know, as as Tim said already, if you've ever read a lot of AI content, it can be exhausting and not very interesting. And um, by giving users a way to make sure that they're arriving at hopefully um, human written content that's backed by actual experiences of lived people. I think Google is 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 trying to keep its ser- valuable to searchers, which is always its uh, ultimate goal. Uh, um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting, interesting change that I think we're going to see next year. It is. Yeah, but it's not so different, I think, from from feature snippets. Like we had a question about, um, should I be worried that people won't scroll through the entire post. Like for instance, if you're optimizing for SGE and you're putting like a short, succinct answer at the top of your content. But I think there are some people who are still going to want to get more information. Like some people are just looking for a quick answer. Maybe they they think they know and they're not sure and they just want to confirm it or they really are just looking for, okay, these are the ingredients I need for mushroom soup, for instance, and here's how long I need to cook it for. But there are some people who are going to want, they're probably not going to want to hear about the grandma harvesting the mushrooms, but they probably want a more step-by-step and they'll click through because they maybe want to see a video, they want to see images, they want to see the steps broken down a bit more. Um, so I think, you know, there always is going to be room for that, that longer content it's the same reason why you can read a summary of a movie like a synopsis but a lot of people still want to go see the movie itself you know like this is a slightly different experience yeah i would say um we haven't got super long left so i did want to ask you both what if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast and you're thinking what on earth do i do next what are some of the next steps that that you might take i'm going to ask tim what are some of the next steps you could take with sge Yep. And then Luke, I would say, what would you maybe change? What would your next steps be in content strategy? So Tim, you've done quite a few webinars about this already, so you can take it away first. Yeah, the the things that we're recommending and things that we're doing for clients are experimenting with SGE, seeing what types of searches are bringing up SGE panels. Um, and if you're not on the Google Labs list to test it, then obviously you need to go and do that first. Once you've seen what types of searches are bringing up an SGE result, the next step is to experiment with your own site to see if you can get ranking. And this is what we're doing with clients. We're picking a few key pages, a few key searches, which we think are really important to that business, strategically important and and good sources of traffic and experimenting with what we can do to get those pages ranking in SGE. We're not going throughout the entire website, optimizing everything we write in every page to try and rank for SGE because we don't know how many iterations there are going to be before Google rolls this out. But at the same time, we're not just completely ignoring it because, you know, if Google does decide to drop this in on January the 1st or whatever, we don't want to be, you know, back foot. We don't know how to rank for it. So we're just making sure that we know how to rank every different client site. And then if it does roll out and if it is in its current form and if it does use the same ranking factors that we're experimenting with, great. We can, we've can we got a, an approach that we can you know standardize and just roll out for, for the client's entire website. So that would be the recommendation I'd make. Definitely. That's great. Yeah. Get hands on. 
yeah. is the answer really yeah. if we wanted to put that in one sentence um <laughs> one Luke, go ahead <laughs> yeah no so yeah Tim, Tim, tim's uh, covered the exciting new stuff i'm going to go back to the kind of fundamentals of content marketing which are ultimately the same as they always were which is make sure that you have a really really clear picture of what your target audience looks like build out those customer personas understand their journey how they uh, are currently coming through from those initial research stages through to buying your product or service, whatever it is, uh, think about how you might be able to influence that journey and insert yourself um, in there by adding content pieces. Um, so understand who your customers are, understand where they hang out on the internet. So what kind of searches are they making? Is it gonna, are they are they on TikTok? Are they on Reddit? Are they making you know humble Google searches? Are they on Bing for some bizarre reason? You know where are they and uh, what are they doing there? So what do they need to do? And I, I do like to think of it as a need, like what needs do this audience have that can be answered by content is really, really important to make sure that you are guided by the target audience's needs first. And then the next step is working out the best content format, if it is content, for answering that need. So it might be, I think in the old days, we would kind of like default to blogging because everybody um, needed a blog and everybody had a blog. And it's, it's still true that a lot of the um, searches will be answered by, by a blog, but there are other different content format types like, do my users want to see an experience? Can I provide reviews? Can I direct them to reviews? Can I highlight reviews that I think are going to be um, reflecting my business well? Can I encourage more reviews if I don't have um, you know enough already? Can I get uh, influencers involved to promote uh, a kind of like my version of a review so um there's definitely different formats available and thinking strategically about which content format makes the most sense for your business is going to be crucial for 2024 yes yeah, yeah, alphabet fantastic. spaghetti said alphabet spaghetti said most of our audience is active in community spaces like facebook groups where they don't show up in google should we still create content here exactly right exactly what luke said so make sure that your wherever your audience is, you know, whether that's podcasts, white papers, downloads, start from your audience and work backwards. Don't just start from the latest Chinese tech and and uh, figure out how you can play with those. Like you have to start with where your audience is at. Maybe your audience is on YouTube, so that becomes your priority. So as long as you're going audience, re you're reverse engineering from your audience, you can't really do too wrong, can you? Yeah, completely agree. One last thing I wanted to add as well I always say one last thing and then we end up on a tangent. Um, but if anybody's panicking and thinking I'm going to get all, like all my traffic's going to go because they're going to get all the information they need from the search engine. Like my buyer journey is going to change completely. Now, I know we've done some research into this, Tim, and I think your findings were just that, yes, you'll get less traffic, but the traffic will likely be more qualified because they're doing a lot of that research away from home in a way, and then they're just coming to make the purchase at the end. I mean, what what kind of, what are your views on that? What are your experiences with that? Would you say it's accurate? Well, I think the the same number of purchases are gonna be made, right, regardless. And probably more of the purchases will happen through Google. This is a big play against, you know, people doing their product research on Amazon or people doing their product research on TikTok. So Google is attempting to increase its own market share, increase the amount of influence it has on total purchases. And then it's just about which business is able to play SGE and play whatever new format of search engines most effectively. 
so that just becomes you know exactly the game that we've always always been playing and yes you might lose some top of funnel traffic but actually you might be able to get some more by you know using sg and writing different types of content in a different way so I think, yeah, you might lose a bit of very, very low intent traffic, but there are always going to be ways to optimize to get some of that traffic back. And in the projections that we've seen, typically between 18 and 65% traffic drop, I think they're a little bit aggressive. I think maybe we might see about half that. Um, But then again, there are some websites that have seen an increase in traffic um, from SG, according to the projections, because they've been able to use these tools. So I, I... you know, I'm never going to be saying, you know, just resign yourself to less traffic. It's all about how you use this tool and how you figure out how to hack and twist and manipulate it in your favor. So just keep listening, subscribe, and we'll help you. <laughs> yeah, just just a one final little thing to add on that is we kind of have seen this before with um, featured snippets. Like there was a lot of panic when they first came out about featured snippets being shown in Google. So people aren't ever going to have to click through to the website. But at the end of the day, the fundamental point is that conversions, the same number of conversions are going to be made, as Tim said. And if Google is doing its job right and rolling this out properly, more of those conversions will come through Google. And it's not going to roll something out that actually drops the number of conversions from Google searches happening on the website because that would tank their you know, ad revenue and it'll be another Google as we know it in the long run. So they're not going to do it. And it's about gaming the system that they are going to create in the best possible way for your business definitely yeah i think that sums it up perfect i think that's a great a great place to leave it for today well thank you so much luke for coming on and speaking on the podcast thank you for having me yeah it's been really really great i think people are going to get a lot from this podcast for sure um and if you're new here don't forget to hit subscribe if you're watching on youtube or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform and also you can get a free website marketing review from exposioninja.com forward slash review which is up there as well or you can find that link on our website and with that we shall see you next week with a exciting podcast about SEO. see you later Brilliant. bye see you later.